Hello, hello, Luminescence Ones. Uh, we're going to continue with the story where we left off last time, where God was about to take judgment on all the silly Israelites who disobeyed God and made their own idol to worship, the golden calf. God relented and listened to Moses who advocated for them. And now we're going to continue with that story and see what God's going to do after all of this. So let's just get started. Hi, how are you? Hey, how's it going? So today, I guess Moses' face is going to glow which I'm excited to see coming off the mountain. But I thought about a couple of things from last time that I wanted to at least close that loop. Guess what I found? Okay, so that Ark of the Covenant, uh, which you think it'll never be found again, right? Yep, yep. Never, ever, right? Well, I said there's people in Ethiopia who claim to have found it, but... Uh, well, I don't mean that would, any yeah. particular place did, on Did you Earth. find it? Did I think find so. It? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's in the verse. I found it where it's going to lie. Oh. And guess where All right. it is? Show, well, it's, I bet it's in one of the prophets using uh, symbolic language. But it's not. Actually, <laughs> I'll show you the verse, and I won the road, uh, so I got the flower. You lost. No, no, no. We haven't found the ark yet, though. It actually has to happen as well. Well, you said it'll never ever appear. I don't. I still don't believe it. I don't. I don't care what verse you show me. Even I don't though think we're going to find it, show us the verse. It's God's trinket box, His favorite trinket box that He created. You said it'll never be important again. Yeah, I think. I, I never think. I don't think. I think it's gone, just like the temple's gone. Okay, I want my flower. I want my bet, and I will prove it to you later. And no, yeah, no. When we find if if it appears and if it's the real arc, then you win. But uh, I personally, my opinion, I don't think it's ever gonna I, appear well, again. Well, I'm saying from now till the end of time. I'm not saying anywhere before Jesus returns. I said, yeah, God's never gonna get rid of his trinket box. He well, where's the verse? Show us the show us. You well, got a verse I, or something? Yeah, I do. <laughs> and then the other story that I was thinking about. Which I'll give you that one because it started to make a little more sense. The two tablets, stuff that you were talking about last time, which was um, one was for God and one was for the people, like copy. I started to think about it a little bit because God said that those tablets are actually his testimony. That's why they're in the Ark of the Covenant as his testimony. And every time you have testimony, you literally have, always should have two witnesses. That's kind of like the rule. Mm. Yeah, And since you said it was a covenant, and it is a covenant, then that's contract law, which yeah. usually you always have to have copies for both sides of the party. It's a carbon copy. Yeah, it's a copy yeah. for both sides, like any contract for yeah. us these days, too. Right. But got yeah. me a little bit. So I'm in agreement with, with what you kind of said, that it was probably a duplicate. But I'm still kind of hesitant a little bit is because he put both copies in the Ark of the Covenant instead of just one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, the people, the thing is, the people were there with the Ark, and the presence of God was there with the Ark as well. So yeah. It kind of makes sense. Where else are you going to put it? But I, I always was thinking, like, okay, if it was both in the Ark, and then it was never going to be opened again until the end. Oh, but I'm going to share that verse with you. So here it is. I won. Um, no, 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 no. I did. So read this one. Oh, yeah. Of course. No, like I said, (laughs) I said it's going to be in prophetic literature full of symbolism. And sure enough, it's in the book of Revelation. 
But this is not symbolism. This is saying that the temple of God was opened in heaven. The Ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And then there came lightning, noises, thundering, earthquake, and great hell. So this is part of the judgment or the seven trumpet judgment, which we don't need to read all this right now, but just to at least show you that it's going to be in his temple when, whenever we get there. Well, how, what so what is the time frame of this uh, thing? The seventh trumpet, right? Yeah. The kingdom, okay, so that's, um, again, God's so temple this, in heaven. Yeah, um, but it was always there in his temple. Because they said the Ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. So it didn't Well, here's the thing. What if, so the Ark, we're going to, they're actually going to make the Ark in the tabernacle pretty soon in our exodus story but uh is this the ark that was made on earth which is a replica of the temple in heaven like is this the original ark that's in heaven that was in heaven before they made it on earth is that what this is talking about this is the temple of god was opened in heaven this is not any earthly temple right yeah well this is when after i mean wherever his throne is right is, is this after uh the return of jesus to earth god uh, comes to earth well this is during the judgment time so let's read from the seventh so christ is already there on the yeah. so the seventh angel sounded there were loud voices in the seventh in the heaven saying mm, this is the judgment day. Of the world have become kingdoms of the of our lord and of his christ and he shall reign forever and ever and the 24 elders who sat before god on their thrones, fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We will give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, who is and was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations were angry, your wrath has come, and the time has come for the dead to be judged, and the rewards your servant and prophets and the saints, and those who fear your name, small and great, and to destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in the temple, and then there came lightning noises. Yeah, yeah, so this is like the victory of God on earth. In heaven. And this is like the return of Christ or something. So the temple of God was opened in heaven. So that's talking about the the actual temple in heaven. Yeah, where his right? throne, his seat, because all the 24 elders... And the ark would also be, which ark is it? In the, first of all, is it a symbolic thing or is it the ark? I don't think that's talking about the ark that was made by these people. I think it is. He's not going to make a replica and put like. No, no, the, the, the one they made was the replica. The tabernacle is a replica. The temple on earth was a replica. Everything's a replica of the actual thing that's in heaven. One the time that they made it in Exodus is the and only ark. I don't think they're... I don't know. No, the whole thing, the whole point about... We're going to... Uh, if we look so I guess Hebrews, we're not going to uh, solve it, and I didn't get my rose today. Well, sorry oh. to rain on your parade there, but... Uh, I know. That's my that's job, right. is to be the... Uh, that's my job. <laughs> you deprived me of my winnings. All right, we'll continue then. Well, that's be- just how I... That's how I would see it, yeah. No, it is a cool verse. It's good to know about that. Um, and it's I only one ark. I don't but, believe in any replicas or replica. No, it says that's what it is. That's what the whole temple it's is, not, though. The one he, they built on earth. We're not replica. He considers us prized possessions that he's going to redeem wherever we we're are. Copies. Um, huh? 
cop we're there's copy, a we're copies of Adam that he's keeping for keeps keepsake no okay 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 go uh, Hebrews 9 since you got to show a verse I get to show a verse too and then scroll down Hebrews 9 scroll down to verse uh 23 Hebrews 9 verse 23 okay this whole paragraph here so it was therefore necessary that the replicas of heavenly things be cleansed with these sacrifices but that the heavenly things themselves be cleansed with better sacrifices than these so th <laughs> so there are heavenly things and replicas here on earth which is what the tabernacle yeah. and the ark was in the tabernacle. The ark's basically part of the temple, more or less. It's the special box inside the temple. For for God did not enter holy places made with hands, which is what we're going to read about, which are patterned after the true one. There's a true temple in heaven. So maybe there's a true ark in heaven as well, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Jesus right now is is the high priest in the real, actual temple no, yes um, but the thing is he created certain <clears throat> things on earth just like we're created on earth there are no replicas of us in heaven and no, right here i'm just saying the temple the whole temple thing no is no i know but i think because he created the ark is not people you can't earth, compare though i don't know we'll have to come back to that and one. Let, are you you're saying the ark has been transported up to heaven i don't know if it's transported or whatever I think we just However, saw, uh, god does it but it's the ark that was created down here with all the israelites with great well that's your that's Israel. your belief well god's gonna prove it so i'll have to keep on asking <laughs> and i'm gonna get that flower eventually yeah i don't know all right so let's continue with exodus 33 the command to leave right. sinai then the lord said to moses depart go up from here and you and the people whom he brought up from the land of Egypt to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, To your descendants I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite, the Amorite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. However, I will not go up in your midst, for you are stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. So he's still pretty angry. Oh, See again, stiff-necked people. I think that's the human human condition, the depravity of man. It, it reminds me of that Tom Petty song, uh, "I Was Born a Rebel." You know, <laughs> I think it's called "Rebels." You know, it's like I was born a rebel. It's like, yeah, I was born a rebel too, but uh, yeah. we're re rebellion. We rebel against God, you know, and I might destroy you on the way. <laughs> See that? I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> So we're saved. We're saved from being destroyed by God. Yeah. Well, ultimately, yes. So anyway, but he, it's just, he gives know. us life and mercy with memories and things to look forward to. So maybe that's why he spares us eventually. All right. When the people heard this disturbing word, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, "Say to the children of Israel, you are stiff-necked people. If I went up among you for one moment, I might destroy you. Now, therefore, take off your ornaments, so that I may know what I will do to you." Mm -hmm. What do you think means the last sentence here? Now, well, I don't know. Read the read the next one as well. Just. All right. The children of Israel stripped themselves of all their ornaments by. Mount Horab. It says up there on the top, and no one put on his ornaments. Um, yeah. It's some kind of maybe they're being kind of judged. Or remember, God is still kind of upset 
about this uh, golden well, calf thing. Highly upset. Actually, he hasn't really. Uh, for one moment, I might destroy you. Yeah, he hasn't. Uh, he will forgive them. I don't think he's done that just yet. He's holding a grudge for now. Yeah, but he's got a grudge. Taken off the ornaments must have to do with how they use their jewels to make that idol to begin with. Oh, it says um, it says onward. That yeah, in in some translations, what is, what is this uh, verse? Uh, Six onward. A lot. Most translations that put the word onward at the very end of that paragraph. They strip themselves of their ornaments by Mount Horeb onward uh, from Mount. Like like after that, they stopped wearing their. It's like a sign of uh, repentance, maybe, or of it's like a punishment. I don't think it's, it's onward it's forever because there are other verses that. Well, not forever, but uh, that's, I mean, it's just what it's like just most translations journey. say. Yeah, yeah, on this particular journey after that, not just to, so it, it, it they're kind of being judged. Here, it's, they're, huh? they're kind of being judged. Well, I have like, uh, I have seven translations open here on my computer and uh, King James does not say it, but um, uh, I think we just but, have to five other ones do say it. Yeah, but well, um, the five other ones are. I, th I think if they're being judged. It's like a sign of like take off your fancy stuff and humble yourselves before me. That kind of thing. Yeah, um, and also the fact that they strip themselves before to make the idol. So I think yeah, point. And here's the thing too. It's like sometimes God seems really strict and mean. But it's kind of like a father disciplining his children. You know what I mean? Well, that's based, that's how I see this. You know, whenever God does something really kind of mean, including but killing people. Is it really people, mean here, considering that he was about to kill them? You know, like... Well, but even that, I mean, I'm just saying, people people look at this and they're like, gee, that God is so mean. And, and you hear it all the time, right? Everyone yeah. says, all the unbelievers are like, man, that God of the Old Testament is so mean. Well, it's like, it's yeah, a father. It's yeah. a father disciplining his children. That's really, a, that's one way to look at this that kind of we can relate to. But the also, children he are rebellious. every right to do anything really well we know he's that not, we know that yeah well no because even in his own words he said he's good and he's just so then yeah but unbelievers don't they they're not yeah. at that point yet you know what i mean they're just like they're looking for any excuse to avoid god but if you say well i mean shouldn't a father discipline his children when they're uh about to harm themselves or when they're doing things that are not good yeah yeah that's one that, way right? But I still think we have to have more reverence that he's a God, a lot more than just a father disciplining. Because right away in Genesis, uh, when he made everything, he said this was good uh, every time he made something. And he made a, a lot of points that everything that he's doing is for just and goodness. So at this point, you know, later on, I think he also re refers to himself as a potter and a clay. Like he could make uh, people as commonplace ordinary or something extraordinary so it's his prerogative in fact the entire book of job is kind of outlining that fact that he can do whatever he wants and there's yeah no but it, it just depends on who you're talking like if you're talking to an unbeliever they're yeah. not they don't know what you just said they, they don't agree with that because they're not at that point but if you're talking to a believer then they're open to that idea yeah you know unbelievers, well, unbelievers just, yeah. i think if you're going to just start understanding it from like this book 
it won't make any much sense to them unless they go back to the beginning and really kind of learn, like even throughout this book, even from the beginning of Exodus, they have to learn the character of God. Like what did God do and what did these Israelites do in response? And how many times did God have to do it? And then how many times the Israelites were still not following or even understanding the character yeah. of God? They're yeah. they're backsliding. They they yeah. they always want to go back to Egypt, back right. to their uh, polytheism, back to everything they knew when they were slaves in Egypt. Just like people now, we want to go back to the days when we were slaves to sin. You know, backsliding, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and then back to the you world. Know, you got to understand too that everybody back in Egypt or that are not with God, all those outsiders in any nations, they're already condemned. That judgment will yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're condemned. And that's one of the purposes of uh, God taking these people and making them into an army is that they are the instruments of of judgment on the Canaanites. Yeah. You know I mean, it actually says that later on, like the, the Israelites are like an army. They're going to invade the land of Canaan and destroy all the people. But it's really God doing that, and He is using the Israelites to to. Uh, yeah, but the bigger picture that. is that um, they He saved these people to represent His character, and the fact that everybody else who's against God, they're already under judgment. So these people that He was saving, He was going to pretty much sanctify them, make them holy, become His people, He their God, and then as long as they stayed in that covenant, everything would have reflected the character of God as they went through. But when they kept breaking it, uh, their their judgment is the same as all those outsiders who are not in covenant with God at that point. So that's why he keeps saying, like, you know, if they're not going to be in covenant with me, then they're going to be destroyed. Like, even here, and like yeah. he's angry, saying, I might destroy you. Yeah, really, yeah. They're going to be judged the same way as all those others who don't reflect the character of God. Yeah, he doesn't. They have no special status, really. Um no. It's not about their their ethnicity. They're not better than anyone else. You know, they're just uh, they're the same as everyone else. Really, these uh, Israelites. Well, they're yeah, the same I mean, Homo sapiens that we all are. The difference. And they're just as rebellious. They're just as rebellious. Just that God kind of chose to start with them, made a promise to Abraham, but they're all a bunch of uh, misfits. You know. Yeah, they're they're a bunch of sinners, and they accepted the covenant. That's that's the important part, though. So they're and they broke it already. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, But they, you know, in these days, and even back then, in the days of Jesus, and they always thought that they were the special ones, right? Just because of who they were. No, that's special. Once they're in breach, usually in like contract stuff, if the person's in breach, the party, then they only have a couple of choices: either to cure the breach. Or give them damages. That's that's it. Like you don't get the waffle around, you know, if you break the covenant. Yeah. So, so God is, God yeah. is uh, just to destroy them. Actually. Yeah. That, like that, that, that's, that's what He should do. Really, that they deserve to be destroyed because yep, they broke that's this what covenant. I was to say. Yeah. 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 That that's really that would be legal and just. Um, yeah, they deserve God to do that. Death. Yeah. 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 So that well, that's, what the, no that's where the sacrifices come in. So he's kind of like giving them so many chances because of that promise. So he's always trying to live up to his side of the bargain. But the Israelites constantly want to break that contract over and over. So that's the only reason why they're 
the chosen or the special or whatever you want to get the category because they they had that covenant with God where we came in by faith a different covenant um yeah the new covenant but yeah. uh and also and also they later on he starts talking about what they did with the golden calf that's called uh whoring after other gods he uses yeah. the word like fornication you know it's um it's the word pornea in fact in greek pornea which is you yeah. know they're they're whoring after other gods they're committing adultery on god you know yeah they broke all those commandments that yeah. were already so told they want to enter into covenant with these other gods and they're it's like yeah. they're getting it's like they're whoring around with the other gods and they were probably remembering what how they did stuff in Egypt with worshiping their gods. Yeah. Um, okay, so the tent of meeting, uh, Moses took the tent and pitched it outside the camp, a good distance from the camp, and called it tent of meeting. And anyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. So whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and stand, and every man at the entrance of the tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. And whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord spoke with Moses. When all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people rose up and worshipped, and every man at the entrance of his, of his tent. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. Uh, when he returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of a nun, a young man, did not depart from the tent. Uh, what do you think about that? Because it's a yeah. I like well, I think this tent. Well, it's uh, the tent. I think is just a temporary thing. Um, yeah. They had they haven't built the tabernacle yet, so this is just kind of a temporary thing. It's far off from the camp, so God is still kind of like keeping his distance from these people. Um, but yet he's still available for Moses. Like he hasn't completely abandoned them yet. No. Like he uh, kind of threatened to. And um, But here, this thing face-to-face, -face, apparently that's like a Hebrew idiom for, uh, it means in person, because in verse 20, if you want to just scroll down real quick to verse 20, it says there, you cannot see my face, nor man, for no man can see me and live. Um, and there's other verses like in... Uh, uh, you don't have to go there, but I'll just read it. John six forty six. Not that anyone has seen the face of the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father, which is Jesus. So this this face to face just kind of means he's talking to Moses, you know, directly in person. But not it doesn't have anything to do with actually looking at his face. It's a Hebrew idiom, just like in English. It's an idiom, you know. Um, yeah, it is kind of weird it, though, to say that though. No, no, it's not weird at all. It's an idiom. Because right, like eight verses later, they they're not people who were like you know compiled this, and they're not going to allow a contradiction. They would have changed the words or something. Well, no, you know I agree I mean? with that. He probably no didn't see his face, but it's, maybe he's just saying that he spoke to him like a friend. It's an idiom. It, no, it's literally a Hebrew idiom. It's to like just like in, in person. Okay. Well, what about the part that he speak to? He spoke maybe. to it. He's like he's speaking to him. He's actually speaking to God. Yeah. Just like we're speaking right now. doesn't mean he's actually like looking into his face. Uh, but they are speaking directly to each other. Right. In person. I think it would say, you know, in person might be a good translation. Something like that. Okay. Uh, so in person, they were... Together. Up close and personal. Yeah, up, cl up close, in person. Um, That's how I would understand that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, the glory of God. Moses said to the Lord, 
see you say to me bring up those people but you have not let me know whom you will send with me and yet you have said i know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight now therefore i pray you if you I have found favor in your sight. Show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find favor in your sight. Consider too that the nation is your people. Uh, and he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how will it be known that I have found favor in your sight and I and your people? Is it not by your going with us so that we may, will be the distinguished and I and your people from all the people who are on the face of the earth. So he's asking them to have God to go with them. Yeah, because he says, uh, did he say it yet? He said, I'm not going to go with you. Um, he might, maybe we haven't got to that point yet. The Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing which you have spoken, for you have found favor in my sight and I will know you by name. And then Moses said, I pray, show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and so mercy on whom I will show mercy. He said, you cannot see my face. No man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, indeed, there is a place by me. You must stand on the rock. While my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take my hand and you will see my back, but my face may not be seen. I guess his glory, to show him his glory is like the thing that he does. I thought the whole... No, nah, well, um, <clears throat> let's see here. It's his presence and um, it's, I, you know, I think there's kind of an aura or light uh, and energy that surrounds God. Like even if you looked straight at him, you couldn't really see him because there's all this um, light in front of him, something like that. So, and they refer to that as the glory of God, right? The presence, the, the you could feel it as well. You feel it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's energy, and um, but you know if you're not if you're not prepared, you it might be dangerous to be that close to that much uh, power and energy. But also, there's there's a love you might feel. Yeah, that he's right. much larger than life. Uh, Moses is going to be in between the rocks, and he's going to put his hand over him. Yeah, while kind of protect him. Like we we cannot we cannot withstand the full presence of God. It would kill us because we're mortal. Yeah, like it would just be it would be like uh like getting too close to the sun or something like that, or, or stepping into a fire. You know, it's right. just too much for us to handle. Um. And also this, you know, it kind of reminds me of that covenant, like when they, you know, they would they would pass through the middle oh, yeah. of something. Yeah. And so it's kind of a renewal, a covenant renewal, maybe that that's going on here. It's there's a forgiveness that's happening. It's a kind of a forgiveness uh, demonstration of God's uh, forgiveness. It seems like. Well, it is kind of interesting though that he calls it specifically "my glory passes by," like rather than just saying "I will pass by." Yeah, yeah. It's it's a. I think that's it's a. Um, you know, we, we we cannot see the full, the full, uh, the fullness of God. And yet, we we, we can't we, we can't be in that him, presence. When we live with Him in the new heaven and new earth, we are going to be. Then we can. Then we well, because we'll have new bodies at that point that can withstand it. We'll have bodies like Jesus has now, something like that. Yeah. So um, 
So, and, and they, those would be spiritual bodies that will not be destroyed by the presence of God. But the bodies we have now, I think, would be destroyed. It, it's like fire, you know. If we step maybe. into a fire now, we'll be burned up. But maybe, maybe in the new with their new body, we can step into the fire, something like that. Yeah, when um, uh, Moses glows after coming down, that must reflect yeah. part of his glory that us, all the Israelites, could see, like a transference part of God's glory into Moses' face, and then the people yeah. able to see that yeah. indirectly, kind yeah, of like the energy. Flips, um, yeah, I mean, if if you get that close to God, it transforms people. You know, and, and for a Christian, you know, we get the Holy Spirit, which is kind of a, I think somewhere else later on, they call it like a down payment or a, a you know, a, the beginning. You know, it's not the full, even even if a Christian has a Holy Spirit in, in their body, which is a temple, it's not the full final, you know, destiny. Yeah. We, we, there's something better to come even beyond that. Oh, but, I'm sure. Yeah. You know. um. It's, okay. it's all heaven coming to earth. Eventually. Yeah, can't wait. Um, but it's starting here. It's starting here in Exodus. It's starting. It's beginning. Well, he's revealing you know, step by step. Himself, right? He's revealing his character and in, of himself. Yeah. God came to earth and revealed himself to Moses. And Moses yeah. is glowing because this. it's like standing too close to the fire or something. Right. It's like the, the heat is It's just but transforming it's, Moses. It's, it's like a one percent of his glory, or even yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and that's still a lot. That's for yeah. us. That's a lot. Exodus thirty-four, the new stone tablets. Now the Lord said to Moses, "Cut out for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on these tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke." Be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai and present yourself there to me on the top of the mountain. No one is to come up with you. Do not let anyone be seen anywhere on the mountain and the flocks or the herds may not gra graze in front of the mountain. So he cut out two tablets of stone like the first and Moses rose up early in the morning, went up to Mount Sinai just as the Lord had commanded him and took in his hand the two tablets of stone. Then the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving inequity and transgressions and sins, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the inequity of the fathers on the children and on the children's children to the third and fourth generation. A little bit to unpack here. So he's kind of get, revealing more of his character and what his expectations are, right? In other verses, he said that each person has his own sin that is not mm. judged, like father sins. Yeah, yeah, son, yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. then... Here, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the inequity of the fathers on the children and children's children to the fourth generation? What do you think is going on here? Visiting the in iniquity of the fathers. It could just, it's the iniquity of the fathers, not the judgment on the fathers that's passed down. So maybe, 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 I mean, it's hard to tell, but maybe it's the sin of the fathers that gets passed down because that's kind of what happens anyway right it's maybe uh keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin but will no means clear the guilty so the guilty fathers 
who are not cleansed, who are not repentant, will naturally pass down their sins to their children. God's not necessarily doing it. You know what I mean? Uh, Maybe allowing allowing the sin of the fathers to infect their children, if the if the fathers don't repent. That's it's not a punishment that God is doing to the children, but it's something that would naturally happen if the fathers don't are not uh, cleansed. Well, it has to be some difference between what he says later and what he says here, because each person is judged with their own sins, but yet here. No, that's what I'm saying. If the father's guilty, so he's kind of pronouncing guilty up to the fourth generation. No, the guilty are the fathers. The fathers are guilty. They don't repent. He'll he'll forgive Mm -hmm. the ones who repent, right? So the father does not repent. So of course he's going to pass his sin down to the children. Yeah, it's not the not the punishment of God is not passed down to the children, but the unforgiven sin of the fathers is passed down because the fathers did not repent. Mm-hmm. That's what I think this is talking about. You understand? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a natural consequence. How do you just? Yeah. yeah, for the for the guilty, the guilty are different than the forgiven. I will forgive iniquity and transgression. He says there, but who does he not forgive? Are those who do not repent? The guilty are like a technical term for those who do not repent and those who do not help humble themselves before God. Those are the guilty. The unrepentant yeah. sinners will naturally pass down their sin. That's how serious the sin is, that they will pass down their sins to their children and their... I mean, it happened to me. Yeah. I mean, I look at my own family. But you repented. So your I father... I did. Inequity of your father. My father was an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic. But, <laughs> Just a coincidence, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but at some uh, point, you you saw the difference where you turned it around, right? Um, yeah, God, God, God did it. Yeah, yeah. God saved me from that. And um, the other part, if anybody, what I was saying, it's all throughout the Bible, where He tells you that He is abounding in goodness and truth. Right. So that the what you were saying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. You know, the unbelievers, if they read it, they think He's a mean God. And taking judgment. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't. He he he's forgiven these people. He's forgives. He, they deserve. They do deserve to. That's the thing is people don't want to admit that we actually all deserve to die. Yeah. We don't deserve. We didn't. You know, we we're all. But he didn't take judgment against the on king. all of them because we they the did agree to go on God's side. He did take judgment on the three thousand. That yeah, they because they did. They were the guilty. They were the guilty. They yeah. did not repent. They did not repent. They so, did not walk over to the side. Remember, he allowed. He gave people a. Ch- he always gives people a chance to repent, and always warns them, tells them in advance what's going to happen if you don't repent. Remember, he's like the king, right? And there's a law. It's like if you break the law here, you, you're punished. You get put in jail. You know, it's the same yeah. thing. These people are guilty. We're all guilty. We're all born. See, that's guilty. the thing, though. If the unbelievers are looking at it in terms of he's a mean God and only pick out verses here and there, they're guilty too. They're guilty of yeah, their yeah, yeah. They not are understanding what God character is and what it'd, it'd be like. It'd be like, oh, you know, if the, if the police arrest a criminal and put him in jail, it'd be like saying, oh, those police, they're so mean. Yeah. Why can't we just go steal stuff all the time? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's the same thing. We don't want to admit that we're sinners, you know? Yeah. Well, the wicked don't want to, for sure. And then the ones... Because they like sinning. They like wickedness, you know? I also think this uh, book is really not for the unbelievers. It's for the believers. 
the unbelievers are just going to mock it and they're not going to understand. So until you have faith yeah, and yeah. start to recognize God, you're only then wanting to know the rest, you know, where until yeah, that's you true. have faith, this None of this has any meaning to them. I don't even cater to them if they're not interested. Because <laughs> that's that's between them and God, you know. This is really yeah. for us to kind of... Yeah, it's just good to know. I mean, sometimes you have to know, like, what, you know, you know what's out there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, Moses made haste and bowed to the ground and worship. He said, if I, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, let... My Lord, I pray, go among us, for we are stiff-necked people. Ah. Pardon our inequity <laughs> and our sin, and take us for your inheritance. Well, there you go. A bit of uh, he's confessing his sin. See, that's that's the thing. We have it says later on, right in the New Testament, we have to confess our sins. That's yeah. that's humility and that's uh, repentance. Confess our and God will forgive us if we confess our sins. Yeah, that's the thing, and um, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, people out there. I mean, it's a very sinful world we live in, right? And it's always, you know, uh, we're getting bombarded with uh, temptation and uh, messaging from our culture. But and a lot of people think they're too sinful, you know, for God. God, like God, God hates them. Like that's how people feel. You know, they're full of shame and guilt. But it's like we confess our sin. God will forgive us. You know, that, so, that struggle is with believers, too. I always yeah. have thought the similar thing, that God hates me, you know, that kind of thing. You're it not good enough. Mind, huh? <laughs> we're, not, we're not good enough. That's what we think. We're not good enough. All those other people, they're all perfect. These little Christians running around. They're all perfect. They're far from perfect. They're all perfect, but me, yeah. I'm I'm the one. I you know, I had a temptation, I whatever, I messed up. God hates me now. I'm going to hell. Like yeah. those those are the thoughts we <laughs> It's kind of, yeah. I mean, that struggle is still there. I'm just not good enough. Yeah. Well, Jesus knows that. That's why Jesus had to die as a sacrifice as as a he paid the price for our sins. Yeah. You know. Um and and we're in that in between stage where we we don't have the glorified bodies yet, right? So our we still have our fleshly bodies. We have a we have a holy spirit in us. We have a regenerate spirit, but we're uh we're not complete yet. It's not over. We're not in the promised land. Although yeah. it's begun. It's begun. A lot of stuff has begun. Right. Or, uh, the kingdom of God uh, has begun. It has begun. But we're not, we're, we're still surrounded promised. by Canaanites. Yeah, and Hittite and Paradise. Yeah, I mean, we're promised a promised land. We know what's, how it ends. We know what the promises are. But we have to wait it out in, for our entire lifetime or even less. Yeah. Which yeah, is uh, uh, max, yeah. 120 years for anybody. Um, so it's not that long. But yet, the struggle is, it feels like infinite amount of time. To wait for that final promise to happen, you know, like even though it's in the grand scheme of timing, it's not that much of time at all. Living through it, we don't even want to suffer this much. I mean, I know I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's part of the faith. We have faith yeah. in the things that are not seen. Faith in the and then something's going to happen in the future that's going to be great, and but we suffer now. Yeah. So. Um, covenant renewed. Then he said, indeed, I'm going to make a covenant before all your people. I will do wonders such as have not been done in all of the earth 
nor in any nation, and all the people among whom you live will see the work of the Lord, for it is a fearful thing that I will do with you. Obey what I commanded you this day. Indeed, I'm going to drive out mm. before you the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and Jebusite. Watch yourself so that you may make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it become a snare in your midst. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's just, uh, we'll stop there. And then this applies to the rest of it too. Now, remember King Solomon, right? built this amazing temple, and that was like the pinnacle of Israelite success, right? They yeah. In the promised land, you know, wealthy, you know, and, and then what did he do, King Solomon? He made covenants. He did exactly what they say not to do here. Yeah. He made covenants. That's why, you know, the first wife was the, uh, the daughter of the king of Egypt, yeah. And when you marry a woman from these other countries, and if you're a king, you enter into a covenant with those nations. Yeah. It's a political marriage, really. And then he did that with like hundreds of countries. He married all these foreign women to enter into covenant with those nations to expand his empire. He did exactly. And then, then he ended up worshiping the other gods and allowed all well, this uh, Canaanite religion you know, into his... You know, the whole thing that... People keep saying that there's going to be a seven-year peace treaty, the covenant that's going to be signed. With no, 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 no. No, no, but here, here's the thing. <laughs> so that's something that should have never happened anyway, right? Uh, the true yeah. Israelites, yeah. if they existed today, uh, would have never made any covenant with any other nation, according to what this is saying. Yeah, I mean, the, the church is the is the Israel now. Yeah, no, no, I, I know that Which part. not what everybody agrees is, with that. The commandment is that you are to make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land yeah, who are where you're going with these Canaanites. Yeah. So if you apply that same command to future Israelites, whether they're real or fake, it doesn't matter. That's not my point. My point is that there should have been mm, yeah, no covenant yeah. with yeah. many yeah. as that's supposed yeah. to going to take place or did yeah, they're in covenant with god and god wants to destroy these people right so yeah don't make a covenant with them and also not to get into this too much don't even eat with them <laughs> yeah food laws well, that <laughs> would be let's, let's, which, I let's guess. agree let's agree let's compromise and say one of the purposes of the food laws may have been to not make a covenant with these people because well, i agree with then, that one. i you, always you know, agree with that so yeah not the yeah, only yeah you know one of the many purposes it has one it served one purpose <laughs> and then they served other purpose which was the dietary stuff many That's yeah it had a few um, yeah a few things but yeah. we'll get to leviticus next on that one that's um, true we're getting close to that anyway yeah. so. but I, I just think this is kind of interesting that is oh, yeah that whether the spiritual israelites or the israelites were never meant to make any covenants uh with the non-believers yeah. but it kind of applies to christians as well today yeah. possibly right. right the don't make covenant with with the enemy with uh unrighteous right, but th people. that's what they've done so it comes a snare it's a snare a trap all this all this idolatry and culture stuff you know that's the thing is a modern day church is no different than a shopping mall or a <laughs> A rock concert, or yeah. you know, I mean, well, that's, uh, that's 
you know, so, you know, weren't they saying like the America was founded on God's word and all of this stuff, but then they've been letting themselves make covenants with every corporation that started, like every wicked mm. uh, company that's, that's oh. prospered the United States. It's not the people. So it's the corporations when they started, uh, you know, establishing the industries. But yeah. they were making yeah. all these covenants globally with all kinds of people to make profit. And then the believers fell into that. They were snared now that yeah. it's, it's lost, you know. Thinking about but, the, the magic potion industry. Yeah. Is, is, uh, but controlling the, the government now. Yeah, that started with the very first corporation. You know, the government that uh, started. They had those, uh, like this, like the railroad industry and yeah. the steel industry, the oil industry, all these yeah. things. Yeah. Imagine yeah. the profit yeah. when they made all that mm. riches and wealth. Yeah. And what yeah. did they do? They enslaved uh, Africans to make all their wealth back then. So they were already into wickedness and evil. They were making covenants way before. Like even in this new promised land called United States, so I think this <laughs> this the has promised a, land. Yeah, well, it was promised land for <laughs> all the people that came here. Yeah, out. that's true. It is kind of like a promised land. Uh, yeah, we're moving on, but I don't want us to forget this, though. I think this is pretty important. Well, um, that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that's that's, that's, that's the that's why we're in the snare. That's why. It's a snare, yeah. Uh, it's a trap, a trap. Yeah. Now what are they doing? They're worshiping the government and industries. And they yeah. gave up their children and their lives for that. So that was a snare. Uh, but you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars, cut down the ashram poles, for you shall not worship any other god, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous god. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants, of the land and they may prostitute themselves with their gods and sacrifice to their gods someone invites you to eat his sacrifice uh, i'm going to finish this but i want to come back to the jealous mm, thing yeah yeah uh, and then you take their daughters for your sons and their daughters prostitute themselves after their gods they will make your sons prostitute themselves uh, after their gods that happened to solomon exactly yeah right um do you remember that famous video clip from oprah saying that um that god is jealous like what kind of god would be jealous do you remember that clip? i never saw that yeah i i try to minimize my oprah exposure. <laughs> exposure. But anyway her because she's uh very effective marketing worldwide yeah is a billionaire yeah. So her words matter because they were practically worshiping her. And she kind of started her own Oprah cult. is like a goddess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, totally. But she, there was a clip. Uh, I don't know if you want to give me some time to find it, but. No, no. Moving on. Find okay. it later. Yeah. Find it later. But what did uh, she was uh, saying? But she something made a about... whole point uh, about this God that's a jealous God. Um that she, the reason why she did, couldn't believe is because of this verse that he's, oh, really? he's a jealous God. So that's the her excuse for not believing in God of the Bible. And, yeah. she's and, and, and she's saying that to her millions of followers as yeah. well to influence them. Um, and they're probably don't have a lot of critical thinking skills. But I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, what does this mean, though? Like, what does it mean for God to be jealous? I think it's so, so slightly different meaning than what 
the way we yeah. feel jealous. Right. You know what I mean? Which is kind of based on fear. Oh, oh, she's going to run off with that other guy. I'm afraid. You yeah, know, it's, it's, it's uh, different than that. It's different right. than that. It's it's. Um, you know what I, I know think this means um, is because uh, you know the whole thing is that he's the most supreme, glorious God, the God of the universe that created everything. And yet people prostitute themselves with the lesser gods of their own making. And I yeah. feel like he's basically saying, I'm giving birth to everything in the universe. And yet you're going after something else. So that kind of makes him like, yeah. I mean, that's his, his example. He's using like a prostitute and jealousy, but essentially it kind of has that, like he has emotions like if somebody made a great painting, you know, like they all the painters, they'll sign their name, like Picasso, Leonardo, whatever. And then God has a signature all over the earth, everything he made. But yet people don't want to recognize him as the creator and the artist. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's kind of about idolatry. And uh, he's also, and I think, you know, it may be talking about he's jealous of what it. Um, you should not worship any other god for the Lord whose name whose name is jealous. It means he's what does that mean? Whose name is jealous? His name is not jealous. He's jealous for his name. Yeah. Like he's jealous. He's 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 protecting his name is higher than any other name, and the name is relates to the character. Right. But yeah, no, I agree totally. What what you just said exactly. It's like I am the god. You know, he is. The one God who has a name above all, all the, no one's like him. No other gods are like him. And that's kind of what this means. You know, he, he is the one God. It's like what well, we talked about no before, that he's protecting his brand, you know, yeah. doesn't want that yeah. tainted in any way. He's jealous for his name. If, if he was tainted in any way, like his character or him as God, then that kind of demeans him. Like his power goes down like if he was battery like if he was at 100 percent, if his name is uh diminished or is demeaned in some way then it, it seems like he would he wouldn't be god as he god that he should be he protects like, his name he protects yeah. his reputation um so that's kind of what this means yeah it's not a jealousy in the in the sense of being of weakness Right. This is this is like a strength. In fact, it's like I will protect my name and reputation and Which let really people know important. who I am. Yeah, because yeah. all the believers follow him. We protection. Him. It, yeah, it's more about yeah. protecting and and demonstrating his character. Yeah. So it's not the best. It may not even be the best English translation. I don't know what the other ones. Uh, I mean, they probably do all kind of say this. Um, they do use the word jealous most of the time, but it's. Uh, you know, I think the meaning of it is slightly different than the way we, because yeah. we all, we know what jealousy means for us. Right. It's, it's, it's very different. I think it's very different application. Yeah, I think he's just protecting his name. Like that's and look at the context is in the context of idolatry. Can you go back up a little bit again yeah. to something else, this Asherah stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, verse 13. So this, you know, and we come across this a lot. In the rest of the Old Testament, many times Asherah poles and sacred pillars, right? And you know, e Egypt had the obelisk, and they had you know the totem pole. All these things are they, they have this sacred pillar kind of thing in the ancient world, and um, 
you know, Asherah pole, which I think may be something like a Christmas tree. Because what's a pole? A pole is a tree that's been chopped down and then you pull yeah. the branches off. But what if the, you know, do they even, nobody really seems to know exactly what this was, but there's like a goddess named Asherah and, and then, there, then there's like idols. The stuff yeah, and yeah. And, and they had the transvestite priests. They had the transvestite priests yeah. for this goddess. So this is, you know, anyway, so it's, um, these are the, the idols, you know, yeah. the, the Canaanite religious stuff. Yeah. And they had people, they had religious people in involved. Masonic. It shows yeah. up in the Masonic. Um, Sacred pillars, right? The yeah. true thing. The Right. Yeah. The twin towers were like the sacred pillars, you know. And yeah, yeah. I mean, Freemasonry and... is this this ancient uh, mysticism and this ancient Canaanite, you know, it comes from I Babylon, right? All, Babylonian. You know, Judaism, the Talmudic slash Masonic, all of those different cults have kind of taken from the original religion. Yeah, oh, totally. they, they, they say that. That's what they say. That's what they yeah. believe. I mean, you're not even speculating. That's what they actually teach and believe. Yeah. Right. So, so God uh, was protecting his people never to even look at or. And they, you know, they sacrificed children. They were cross-dressing. Yeah. They're doing the, all the abominations. And then it says um, right here, the last verse, verse uh, 16, there, there it is right there, what I just said. They're prostituting themselves after the other gods. Yeah. <laughs> right? They will make your sons prostitute themselves after their gods or whore. Well, that's what them. Solomon did, right? After all <laughs> his wives. And yeah. that was the command from many times earlier on not to marry Canaanite women or some of these other women. Jacob and Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Same reason. Yeah, because these yeah. are ancient uh, practices. And the word there is based on the word pornea which is, you know, where we get the word pornography. They they use that word in the Old Testament for whoring after other gods, and then the New Testament, they use that word for actual sexual activity, fornication, yeah. prostitution. Um, you shall make no molded gods for yourselves. Uh, wait, they just did that, though. <laughs> <laughs> where? No, and oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, in the, the chapter 32. <laughs> well, this is funny. They're kind of... Um, yeah, so I mean, it's this is not new information, but they just messed up. They literally just did that in uh, in chapter thirty-two. Uh, you shall keep the feast of unleavened bread for seven days. You are to eat unleavened bread, as I commanded you. And in the month of Aviv, for in the month of Aviv, you came out of Egypt. Which month would that have been? Uh, Nisan, like um, whenever Easter is around that time, Mar end of March, early in April, maybe uh, in April, early April, I think. Spring. Spring. Two, two weeks after the spring equinox. Okay. Firstborn of the womb belongs to me. Every firstborn male among your livestock, whether ox or sheep. But you must redeem with a lamb the firstborn of a donkey. And if you fail to redeem him, then you must break his neck. You must <laughs> redeem all the firstborn of your sons. Well, that's that's like copy and pasted from an earlier. Uh, we've read that already somewhere else. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. They're, they repeat. They're, there's a lot of repetition, and this is also uh, referencing the redemption of Christ. So that you must redeem, redeem. Yeah, if if you because they're going to use the donkey, but the donkey belongs to God. Something like that. Yeah, yeah we, they, they, they've talked they about this before. Or, so because Christ redeemed us, yeah. so that's the, and the Lamb is a substitute for Christ before He comes. Yeah. So basically, saying that you have to redeem 
with a lamb. And if you fail to redeem mm. it, yeah, it's like a substitutionary sacrifice. Yeah, and 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 if you don't do that, the donkey cannot even live. Right. Which is uh, uh, kind of strange, but uh, well, that's the same outcome. So because Christ redeemed us, and those that don't want to be redeemed, they're also going to be they're destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all kind of like showing how the world works, right? Right. It's like it's like very visible and under. It's a starting from the basics. It's like a kindergarten. It's, it's, it's like saying, how. it's like <laughs> here. This is how the world is set up. These are the rules. And it's like we, we we want we read about this. We're like, why? Well, that's that. This is the way God set up the world. These are this is the operating system. If yeah, if we don't redeem ourselves, then we're goners. That's it. Yeah, like, that's just how it is. We might not even understand that. I mean, that's if you had to summarize the, the entire Bible into like a couple of words, it's like <laughs> choose his kingdom or you choose death. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Be redeemed by the blood of Christ or not. Yeah. You want to be judged, you can be outside the camp. If you want to stay with God's kingdom, you can stay in the camp. And that Christ has already paid our price because he redeemed us in the camp. So we have to pay something, but Christ paid the ticket to get there yeah uh, no one may uh, may appear before me empty-handed so we cannot mm. go to god empty-handed well you, you mean even like an average ordinary person christian Christ. someone who's not even a priest just a just a regular lay person we have to sacrifice no something for god <laughs> we have to do something well we no we, we no, ourselves <laughs> We give ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Make your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, the, you yeah, know, no. Um, do we have to uh, participate? We have to do something. We have to give. We have to offer God. We have to give everything to God because it's kind of His anyway, right? Gifts but, or talent we have, our our money, yeah, whatever. Our lives belong to God. And the beauty is the reason why we get to go empty-handed is because. Christ paid that ticket for us. Well, we still so I don't I don't I don't think we we're not even empty-handed now though either necessarily. It's not a like well, we works and all that our, but we paid with our life to We're Christ. justified. Yeah, but but there's a sanctification that kind of goes on every day. There's like a, you know, your body is a living sacrifice. It says that yeah. in the New Testament. Sacrifice right. ourselves in certain like like not literally but in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, but I was looking at the bigger picture, which is that to get into God's kingdom or God's sanctuary, you could not go empty-handed. So because everybody all yeah. we're talking about is redemption here. Since we're already redeemed, mm. that price has been paid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. You shall work six days, but on the seventh day you must rest. Even oh, wait, 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 wait. I got a good verse here. It actually re re uh, relates to something um, we read before, if I can find it. Where's the, there's the verse that where Moses, or no, God said to Moses, I will grant you rest. Now, what happened to my little note there? You mean in the last chapter? Oh, there, verse uh, chapter 33, verse 14. I forgot to mention it then. Yeah, Exodus thirty three fourteen. Okay, so um, but then it, it kind of came. It reminded me of this again. So, I, and he said, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." Right? Yeah, which is what Christ is. Okay, and then Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is Jesus speaking. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Yeah, that's great. Very, very similar, right? Yeah. Um, well, because Yahweh is Jesus, right? I have to keep reminding yeah. everybody that Yahweh is Yeah, Jesus. yeah. So when who, he, else, who else is he going to be? <laughs> Some guy? I don't know. Well, there's that whole Trinity thing, which to me is just really one thing, not Trinity. Different forms, same yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, but without even getting into that, I mean, just, yeah, the, 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 these Gospels make the claim that Jesus is God in many yes, different ways. But not just Sometimes God, it's a, that Yahweh is Yahweh. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that and it's is his actions, but also what he says, and he actually makes that claim. So, people, and the other beauty thing that you know you're making this connection right now is that you know they tend to think that Yahweh is a different in nature and character than Jesus is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, it's always been the same, and he's revealing the exact same thing, but just in a different way. Yeah, you know, like he's doing yeah. it to his people. Where then he kind of, to me, this is the exact same language, is it not, than the other? The Exodus? Exodus? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's basically the same thing. So, and then, but yeah. but then it, it reminded me of the, uh, they're talking about the Sabbath again, right? So it's like, okay. oh, the rest, right? The rest. <laughs> There's the rest. There's the Sabbath yeah. rest right there. Uh, you shall work six days, but on the seventh day you must rest. Even at the time of plowing and harvest, you must rest. You must observe the feast of the weeks, the first fruits of the wheat harvest, and the feast of ingathering at the end of the year. Three times in the year, all your males must appear before the Lord God and the God of Israel. For I will dr drive out the nations before you and enlarge your borders. No man will cover your land when you go up to appear before the Lord your God three times in the year. You must not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven, nor is the sacrifice of the feast of the Passover to be left until the following morning. The first of the first fruits of your land you must bring to the house of the Lord your God. You must not boil young <laughs> in mother's milk. This is all the second time. This is the second time we yeah. heard that one. <laughs> so this was all there right at the time of the Passover instructions. And now we're yeah. It could be you know because they're kind of renewing the covenant. The covenant was broken already, mm -hmm. and they're renewing it again. It's it's like if you got married and then the wife or the husband that you know someone commits adultery on the wedding night, and then you forgive each other, and then you're like, well, let's do the let's get married again tomorrow because that one kind of got messed you up. You think that you know actually I mean? would happen? Heck no. <laughs> no, not in real life. But yeah, I'm just saying no. it's kind of like that, though. It's yeah. it, you know, it's it an analogy. And then and then he has they kind of have to say these words again because they're yeah. getting remarried again, right? So now we have to say the same things we already said it, but we're that one was broken, so we got to say it again now. Yeah, he likes repeating things two or three times. It's also, like the wit the testimony of. Of his yeah, work. it's it's like they have to sign the con a new contract yeah. and they have to read it again. It's the same contract, but they have to go through the motions again. The next verse says exactly what you're saying. So the Lord said to Moses, write down these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he's confirming yeah. covenant again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just like, you know, we're in the new covenant now. That's, I mean, that's just you know, something people have to understand yeah. that and, you know, look into it for yourselves. But, uh, this but even the new covenant is somewhat similar to the old covenant. Yeah, it Still is. Still Yahweh equal yeah. Jesus. So he just kind of transformed yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's all leading, like the new covenant 
is the pinnacle. That's the goal. This is kind of the the opening act. <laughs> well, <it's laughs> this is not the main event. The, this is not the main event. They're they're yeah. heading. They're they're it's getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're kindergarten stuff. Uh, so. Yeah, that's kind of what it's like. I mean, that's just how I understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He did not eat bread or drink water, and he wrote on the tablets of the words of the covenant the Ten Commandments. Yeah, same commandments, same, everything's the same. But now Moses Moses wrote it this time. Be ready for your show and tell, glowing. Well, don't spoil Moses. it. <sighs> there you go, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, Moses' radiant face, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tablets of testimony in his hands, of Moses when he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that his skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, amazingly, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. I'm afraid of you now, Mark. I need sunglasses. Me too. I wonder if Moses should have wore sunglasses when he went up to the outside. <laughs> he would have looked cool. Yeah. Uh, but I now know, you're just too blinded. Now the glow is fading. It's fading. Yeah. Back to <laughs> back to humanity. There. Back in the dark. Yep. That's where we live, the darkness. Um, <laughs> okay. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the rulers of this congregation returned to him, and Moses spoke to them. Afterward, all the children of Israel drew near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken to him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. But oh. <laughs> do you have a veil? Should, should no, I, I don't have any uh, masks. Well, he's way too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> and but whenever Moses went before the Lord to speak with him, he took the veil off until he came out. And then when he came out and spoke to the children of Israel, when he had been commanded, the children of Israel saw the face of Moses and that skin of Moses face shone and then moses put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him i kind of wish i knew what he looked like where they were scared of him and he had to put on a veil well he's glowing i mean if you're in the presence of god it, it affects you you know it it, it kind of um it's like you're radioactive or something you know yeah um so it, and it, you know this kind of happened this can happen to people now even if the the if God it's sends the spirit on people, it, I mean, they, they might not they might not physically glow, but there is a presence about certain people who have experienced the glory of God. Um, yeah, I would like people can pick up on that. Like people notice there's something different about this person. They may not be literally glowing, but there's a spiritual oh, glow about yeah, them. Yeah, maybe like their presence. Presence of God, yeah, it can kind of, uh, you know, and it may not last uh, forever, but it, it's it's there for a while, you know. Yeah, chapter 35, Sabbath regulations. Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said to them, these are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day you shall have a holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on it must be put to death. That's pretty severe. How come just not like kick them out of the camp or something instead of just death? Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's just, to you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's not like God wants to kill anybody. It's like, don't do it. You know, like obey this law. 
yeah. then nobody has to be put to death if everyone obeys it. And if somebody who breaks this is basically um, saying that they don't want to be part of this covenant, they right. don't want to be part of God's family. You know, they're kind of, it's like treason. Oh, it's definitely so, treason, but I wonder yeah. why they're, not they're take them out to live out their life and not be part of the covenant anymore. Um, instant death. Because they're going to wind up the same way anyway, because God's yeah. going to Canaan to kill everyone. <laughs> I wonder if this is kind of like uh, saying concretely that anyone who's not in covenant with God is under judgment with strict penalty, which is death. Yeah, anyone not in covenant with God is is going to be destroyed, basically. Uh, you must not kindle fire in any of your dwellings on Sabbath day. So no fire on Sabbath day either. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I was looking into something else here. All right, so this is 35, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. You, you hear people talk about, like, what does this mean? What does kindle fire mean? Is it talking about cooking? Or is it talking about working? Because people would kindle a fire to do work or whatever. So, I, you know, I, I think people can cook on the Sabbath back then. I, that's my opinion, is that it was okay to cook based on those other texts, which I believe we read, or, you know, talking about talking about cook what you will cook today and leave the rest for tomorrow. Yeah. And I think it means cook part of it today on Friday and then cook the rest on Saturday. So this but is this not talking is about cooking. It doesn't say that. It, it, it doesn't say what the fire is for. Yeah, you know? but how are they going to eat without kindling fire? How are they? Because gonna... that could be referring to work, or you know, doing some kind of labor. That what does labor not involve. would there be to have a fireplace in your house? For for whatever, like it's like electricity, you know, like uh, um, but that would... whatever work if they're if they're making metal stuff. I mean, whatever work they were doing. Um, I think this is very basic, so I think we got to leave that one open that is talking about cooking as well. I don't think cooking is work, is though. That's just part of daily life. Like, work is work. Like, don't go to work. Whatever you do yeah. for your work. And don't go out and pick up the manna, either. Like, I, cooking is not work. That's not work. You cook every day. Like, cooking is part of eating you it know is what I mean? Work, uh, I mean, I don't know. Have no, you it's it's a way. It it could be an idiom of it's a way of saying don't work on the Sabbath. It is, oh, but I think I'm going to leave the food thing open. I guess we're not yeah. solving that today. Okay, offerings for the tabernacle. Moses said that all the congregation of children of Israel. This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, "Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord." Gold, silver, bronze, and blue, purple, scarlet, fine linen, goat's hair, ram's skin, dyed red, porpoise skin, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones, gemstones to be set for the ephod and the breastplate. Every skilled craftsman among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle with the tent and its covering, its hooks and its boards, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, the ark of, with its poles, the mercy seat, the veil that conceals it, the table with its poles and all its utensils and showbread, the lampstand also for the light and its utensils, its lamps and the oil for the light, and the incense altered with its poles and the anointing oil and the fragrance incense and the hanging for the Theodore at the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of the burnt offering, 
With its bronze grafting, its poles and its utensils, the basins, its stand, the hangings of the court, its pillars, their sockets, the curtains for the gate of the court, the pegs for the tabernacle, the pegs for the court, their cords, the woven garments for the serving in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron, the priest, the garments of his sons to minister as priests. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. Everyone whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit was willing came and brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tent of the meeting and for all his services in the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had willing hearts, were brought brooches, earrings, rings, bracelets, all kinds of gold jewelry, and everyone that offered an offering of the gold to the Lord, everyone who had blue, purple, and scarlet, fine linens, goat's hair, and red skin of the rams, purpose skin, and brought them. Everyone who was making a contribution of silver and bronze brought to the Lord's offering, and everyone who had acacia wood for the work of the service brought it. All the women that were skilled spun with their hands and brought what they had spun, both of blue, purple, and scarlet, and of fine linen. All the women whose hearts stirred them to action were skilled spun goat's hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and gemstones to be set for ephod and the breastplate, and the spice and the oil for the light and for the anointing oil for the fragrant incense. And the children of Israel brought the willing offering to the Lord every man and women whose heart was willing to bring material for all the work with the, which the Lord had commanded through Moses to be made. That was a lot. I think I understand what these little numbers mean now, by the way. See under the next chapter heading. Yeah. Um, I think that's just a cross-reference to the uh, w when God is explaining how to oh. make the tabernacle, and now they're actually making it. It's, it's just a cross-reference to the same uh. topic. Yeah, right. so before so that's what, it, that's what those numbers are. Of all this stuff that Moses got instructed on the mountain, and now they're collecting. Yeah. So it's just telling us where those passages are. Ah. Um, I think, yeah, like those, like, like it was described, the blueprints were explained in Exodus 31 in those yeah. verses, and now they're actually making them now. Bezalel and Oholab, I don't know how to say it. Bezalel so and Oholab. But the cross-reference was the chapter we already read, and I don't remember any of that. I do. I remember these names, yeah. You? Oh, yeah, these names were mentioned, yeah. And what yep. was their story? Well, no, it's just, it's just, okay, Exodus 31, verse 2, it, it, it says, See, I have called my name, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Udi, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence to, devi to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver. So, like, like these are the people God has gifted with the Spirit oh. to, 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 in ability and skill to make this stuff. And now, here they are making the stuff. Ah, okay. And he says it kind of, it's kind of repetitive. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, these, are, these, are, these, guys, these people were mentioned, and here they are again. Great, let's see what they do. Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord has called by name Bazalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, in the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of craftsmanship, 
to design artistic works, to work in gold and silver and in bronze, and the cutting of stones for the settings and the carving of wood in order to make every manner of artistic work. He has also put in his heart to teach both he and Ohalab, the son of hmm. Ashamak of the tribe of Dan. He has filled them with the skill to do all the manner of craftsmen's as designers, as embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet, and in fine linen, and as weaver, as craftsmen of every work, and artistic designers. So he gave them these skills to do it. Um, and it says they were either tribe of Judah or Dan, right? Bezalel was from Judah, and the other guy was from Dan. So don't you think all those skills that were initially given to all these Israelites were like would have been visible like from that today like who who kept their skills going after all these generations what do you mean like they passed them down to their children for yeah because these are very specialized artistic skills well i don't know if the children had them or not i mean they had those uh Masorites who were skilled in copying the bible you know the masoretic text the yeah. Masorites. i don't know i mean Possibly, prob probably, right? The children would grow up in those houses and learn from their fathers. And yeah, like goldsmithing, embroiders, sure. um, you know. These and that's really how, that's probably the best way to do it, really. Instead of sending your children off to a government-run school, you know, just uh, teach them your job. Like, whatever you do, teach it to your well, child. Well, that was done for generations after generations, only recently in modern times when they started coming out with universities like that. Mm. Did people start to splinter but before that whatever the family yeah so business family business was, yeah, yeah that was handed down because the children are going to be helping out you know when they're like five years old they start helping out yeah they're going to learn they're going to by the time they're 12 years old they know how to do it, all that stuff you know yeah i mean those uh, are lucky ones they you know uh i do have time if you want to read the next chapter because oh, it's yeah because they in chapter 37 they start making the ark and that might be a good place yeah. to stop but chapter 36 is continuing on with this uh tabernacle yeah and i don't know if we're gonna you know if we really have too much to comment on anyway but we can at least read it and uh yeah well that'll be good because that'll give only a few chapters for the last podcast yeah okay exodus 36 so bezalel and Oh, alive. I'm messing up these names. And every skilled person in the whom the Lord has put skill and understanding to know how to do the manner of work for the service of sanctuaries are to do the work according to all the Lord has commanded. Moses called Bezalel and Oholab and every skilled persons in whom the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart stirred him to come to work to do it. That would be you too. <laughs> Um, they received from Moses all the offerings when the children of Israel had brought to to do the work of the service of the sanctuary, and they continued to bring to him free will offerings every morning. And all the skilled men who were doing all the work for, of the sanctuary came from work they were doing, and they said to Moses, the people are bringing much more than is needed for the service of the work which the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses issued a command that, and they circulated a proclamation throughout the camp saying, let no man or woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. 
So the people were restrained from bringing any more, for the material they had had was sufficient for all the work and more enough to do it. Well, that's interesting. So they had more stuff and work than they actually needed. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So there were no shortages. Right. I was always thinking, like, where mm. to get all this stuff from? Yeah, I don't know. But apparently they had enough. The construction of the tabernacle, every skilled man among those who were doing the work made the taber tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twisted linen of blue, purple, and scarlet, which cherubim that were the work of skillful workmen. The length of each curtain was 28 cubits, and the width of each curtain, four cubits. All of the curtains were the same size. He joined the five curtains to one another, and the other five curtains he joined one to another. He made loops of blue on the edge of the outermost curtain in the first set, he did likewise along the edge of the outermost curtain in the second set. He made 50 loops in one curtain and made 50 loops on the edge of the curtain, which was in the second set. The loops were opposite one another. He made 50 gold claps and joined the curtains to one another with the claps so the tabernacle was a unit. He made curtains of goat's hair for the tent over the tabernacle. He made 11 curtains in all. The length of each curtain was 30 cubits, and the width of each curtain was four cubits. The 11 curtains were all the same size. He, made, he joined five curtains by themselves and six curtains by themselves. He made 50 loops on the outermost edge of the curtain in the first set, and he made 50 loops on the edge of curtain which joined the second set. He made 50 bronze claps to join the tent together so that would be one unit. He made a covering of the four tent out of the ram skin dyed red and covering of porpoise skin above. Then he made boards for the tabernacle out of acacia wood and standing upright. The length of each board was 10 cubits and the width of each board was one and a half cubits. Each board had two tenons equally distant from each other. He did this for all the boards of the tabernacle. He made the boards for the tabernacle, 20 boards for the south side. He made 40 sockets of silver under the 20 boards, two sockets under one board, and as two tenons, and two sockets on another board for its two tenons. For the other side of the tabernacle, which toward the north corner, he made 20 boards, and there are 40 sockets of silver, two sockets under one board, two sockets another under another board. For the back of the tabernacle, westward, he made six boards. He made two boards for the corners of the tabernacle at the back. They were double beneath and joined together at top in one ring. He did this with both of them in both of the corners. There were eight boards with their socket of silver, 16 sockets, two under every board. He made bars of acacia wood, five for boards on one side of the tabernacle and five bars for the boards of the other side of the tabernacle and five bars for the boards of the tabernacles for the back to the west. He made the middle bars to pass through the boards from one end to the other. He overlaid the boards with gold and made their rings of gold to be placed places for the bars and overlay the bars with gold. He made a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twine linen. He made cherubim the work of skillful designer. 
He made four pillars of acacia wood, overlaid them with gold, with their oaks of gold. He cast four sockets of silvers for them. He made a hanging for the tabernacle entrance of blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twisted linen, the work of an embroiderer. And he made its five pillars with their hooks, and he overlaid their tops and their bands with gold, and their five socket, sockets were of bronze. Oh, wow. This was... Wow. Good job. <laughs> Well, was, anything you want to comment on there or uh, no, no. I, they're doing a lot of construction <laughs> work i do have a uh i do have a um a, a new testament passage that relates to what we read today if you want do you, do you have yeah, time sure we have this time. is um going back to that veil right uh, um, moses's uh, face um two corinthians chapter three and i think we might just go through the first the whole chapter actually if you have time. Read the whole thing? Well, we, let's start at, um, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, verse, uh, let's start at verse three. It's basically the whole thing. <laughs> for, uh, this yeah. is read the whole thing. I'll, I'll, I'll read it. I'll read the whole All thing. Right. Uh, do, we, do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, letters of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men, for you are prominently declared to be the letter of Christ, prepared by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the on hum, human tablets of the heart. Right? And that's the new covenant written on the heart. Doesn't mean we're like perfect or fully glorified yet, but it's there. Yeah. Uh, we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to take credit for anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us able ministers of the new covenant. See right there, he's yeah. saying, Paul, this is Paul writing, and us and him and his people, they are ministers of the old covenant? No, the new covenant, yeah. which is you know, Jeremiah 30, 31, 31, Ezekiel 36. It's in the, the Old Covenant. The Old Testament talks about a new covenant, and it's here it is. It's It began not of the letter, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Because uh, the old the old covenant law was really, uh, you know, it was really, uh, it really ended in judgment because they, they were breaking the law all the time, right? So it, yeah. it ended up, uh, but the new covenant written on the heart can actually allow people to, to keep the law. So this uh, new covenant that's written into our hearts, is it only talking about believers or every man? Believers. No, 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 believers. You, you yeah. got to have faith to get that. Yeah, yeah, you got to have faith. Not, not just for anybody. Okay, yeah. but then he's going to talk about the veil. So if the ministry that brought death, right, that's the old covenant, it, it resulted in death, right? And it resulted yeah. in judgment and condemna condemnation. Written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance. So they, they couldn't look at the glory of... Okay, where's my light? They couldn't look at the glory of God it, th that was kind of reflected on Moses' face. Yeah. The Israelites couldn't look at that because they... We're not transformed yet. They're yeah. not ready to look at that glory of God yet, to experience mm -hmm. the presence of God. They were yeah. not ready for that yet. So that's why they had to have the veil. He had to put the <laughs> veil on his face because they like they couldn't stand. They're like vampires in the sunlight, you know. It's like oh. yeah. You know? So um, 
So he had to put the veil on his face. Yeah, um, it's funny. The glory which was to fade away. Let me just, I'll just read this whole paragraph here. The, the glory which was to fade away, how will the minister of the Spirit not be more glorious? So now, now in Christ, we do experience the glory and we can handle it. Like we're ready. We're ready yeah. for the light. Or if the ministry of the condemnation is glorious, and in the old covenant was, it's a good thing. And it was glorious, but it had to be veiled. Yeah. People weren't ready for it. The ministry of the righteousness, which is the Jesus, the new covenant, is much more exceeds in it, it in glory. Even that which was made glorious had no glory in comparison to the glory that excels. For if that which fades, see, in, in the glory, the old glory faded from the people. Yeah. For if that which fades was glorious, it was glorious, but it was limited. That which remains is much more glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we speak with great boldness, not as Moses, who put a veil over his face so mm -hmm. that the children of Israel could not look intently at the end of the end of what was fading away. They could not look directly at the glory of God, and the glory of God was fading away, not from God, but from the people. Yeah. And from Moses. Instead, their minds were blinded. They were blinded by the light. Yeah. <laughs> For like until this day, yeah. <laughs> the same veil remains unlifted in the reading yeah. of the Old Covenant from a certain group of people, which you cannot yeah. mention anymore. The veil which was done away with in Christ. The veil's yeah. done away with. There's no more veil. <laughs> Even yeah, to this that's day, because we were supposed to be the light <laughs> of the earth, which really yeah. means the glory of God, not of ourselves. Yeah, it's not. It's not our glory. Yeah, it's the glory of God working through us. Um, but let's uh, just finish this here. But even to this day, when Moses is read, which is the um, Old Testament, I guess uh, the veil is in their hearts. See, they still have a veil in their hearts, even though it's it's not needed. You don't need to have the veil anymore if you're in Christ. But if not, then there is a veil over people's hearts. Hmm. Nevertheless, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is removed, right? If anyone turns oh, to the Lord, yeah. which is Jesus, the veil is removed. Right. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all see in the glory of the Lord with unveiled faces, right? So now we, now yeah. we have access to the presence of God as in a mirror. We are being transformed. We're not finished yet, but we are being transformed. It has begun into the same image of God or of Christ from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Yeah, that's a good uh, verse. I like this chapter. Uh, I mean, it's totally on topic, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's a new. It's Paul's uh, interpretation of what that passage uh, of the veil was all well, about. It also says that the Spirit of the Lord is liberty. When there is less of the Spirit of God in any nation, it's opposite of liberty, tyranny, and death. And also slavery to sin and slavery yeah. to uh, and 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 you know being that's like being under the law is when you're breaking the law. Yeah. Well, the laws are given for people's transgressions, so they know what they're yeah. breaking. Yeah. But, but if you're if you're obeying the law, then you're not being punished by you're yeah. not you're not being thrown in jail if you don't break the law. What's Same. the law is 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 uh. You know, the, the Ten Commandments, which are kind of reapplied in the New Covenant context at an even deeper level in the heart. And uh, love God, love your neighbor. If you're doing those two things, you're, you're obeying the law. 
it all comes back to like exactly like the veil is like their minds remain blinded until they accept Christ. And once they accept Christ, the veil is lifted. The spirit of God really is to give them liberty, transform their slavery into liberty. Which yeah, and this could yeah, this is unbelievers have a veil over their hearts yeah. and their minds, and they're just that's, that's why, why they're, they're deceived. deceived. Yeah, that's why they're deceived. The idolaters are deceived, and at the, in the end times, that's a punishment. They're they're actually it becomes a punishment on them. In, yeah, and um, they cannot look at people that reflects God's glory. They can tell, you know, I, I can go in a room full of unbelievers and I can sense their hostility to me. Oh, yeah. And I don't even say a word. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I almost feel like there are a bunch of demons just kind of looking at me at the cor out of the corner oh, of their eye. Like, yeah. Like they just hate me. They hate me. <laughs> my gosh, that's been my experience my whole life. Um, you know, I never was really surrounded by other believers that much. In fact, right yeah, now, me too, I actually. Have most yeah. that I've ever had. Uh, but oh, imagine, yeah. you know, being in places of family, workplace, friends, it was always the same way. Like you can walk yeah. into a room. Who didn't have God's heart, they're like snarling at you inside. They're conspiring against us. Um, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, you know, can we go to chapter four real quick? The first, we're going to look at the sixth first. He continues on with his veil stuff. All right, let's just read this paragraph. This is pretty good. Therefore, since we have this ministry through the mercy we have received, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the secret things of shame not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by expressing the truth and commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel is hidden or veiled, actually, that's the, uh, the ESV says veiled. That's why I picked up on that word again, right? Yeah. If our gospel is hidden or veiled, it is veiled or hidden to those who are lost. Mm. The lost. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, that's that's his whole point right there, I think. Yeah. That's what that like that sometimes Paul's like that. He says all this weird stuff, and then finally he makes his point. <laughs> but you're like, oh, that's what he's talking about. So the the and for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, as shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, right? This glory of God. Yeah, which they don't real. want to shine on them, those that don't believe. But they're also purposely deceived, too, right? That they're blinded by God. Because if our gospel is hidden, it is a hidden to those who are lost. So they are never going to receive it anyway, because it's it's on purpose uh, that they're deceived. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of like vampires, right? They're afraid yeah. of the light. They, don't, they can't be in the light. The but light will expose them. This. Um, and that's also that's the same as two Thessalonians verse two. Do you want to go there too? I mean, yeah. no, there's debate. The God of this world, it's Theos. Is that is that talking about Satan? I'm not yeah. sure about that. I'm 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 look. You know, I'm I, everyone automatically. I don't like automatically jumping to that conclusion because everyone else does it. You know what I mean? That the God of this world, yeah, Satan's never called God. No, but he is called well a little God. He has been called God of this world. 
in other passages. Not really. No, he's the prince or the power or something like that. Not 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 the god. Never in the oh, Bible so is, is he ever called the God of this world. But but anyway, if you go to 2 Thessalonians 2, let's go there now. God blinds people. God also blinds people, like Yahweh. Yeah. And blind people. But, but he, I think you know, he's so, also saying that the world itself, what it has to offer, is blinding people away from Yeah, him. yeah. Idolatry. Sure. Let's start at five. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? Now you know that what restrains him that he might be revealed in his time for the mystery of lawlessness is already working for he who is now restraining him will do so until he is taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his presence, right? There's the glory of God again. Yeah. The glory of God will destroy the, this probably like the antichrist kind of thing, right? The lawless yeah. one. Yeah. Glory of God will destroy him. Even, even him who's who's coming, who's who's parousia, by the way, that's parousia. The parousia of the antichrist who's come who's coming is in accordance with the working of Satan and uh with all power and sign. Oh, look at that. Signs yeah. and wonders. Signs yeah. and false wonders or false signs and wonders. Yeah. All power and false signs, which are the narratives, by the way, false epidemics. Yeah. And with all deception, dis have you noticed any deception recently? <laughs> <laughs> well, deception of unrighteousness. Have you noticed any truth recently, which doesn't exist? Those who perish, right? Those who yeah. perish are those who are who are who have the veil on their face because they can't stand the presence of God because they did not receive the love of the, for the truth, the truth, right? They don't have a love for. The, they don't want the truth. They yeah. don't like it. That they yep. might be saved. Therefore, God, who's going to send them a strong delusion? God. <laughs> right? Like I said before, that. God of this world will blind them. Therefore, God will send them a strong delusion. That they yeah. should believe the lie. That they all might be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So that's kind of a judgment, right? Um, it is a judgment. And once they were given the opportunity, uh, and if they don't want it, they're just handed over to what they want, really. I think that's what it is. Like every person in their heart, they are choosing if they want God or they don't want God. And God just gives it over. So the ones that want God, they get the gift of faith and understanding through the Holy Spirit. The ones that don't want God are deceived into whatever the world that they follow, you know, Satan's plan ultimately. But that's just yeah. true though, right? Because in a sense, everybody's given that free will, the choice to choose which kingdom they want. Decide who do you want to serve today. Remember that verse? Decide whom you will serve. Yeah, so there's another verse in 1 John. Maybe we could stop there. Um, I can't find the one I want, but uh, 1 John. God 1 is John. Light. That's probably it right there. Verse 5, uh, walking in the light. But he's also saying he is light. Yeah, I mean, it's this whole, this, whole, this whole book is really, this whole letter of 1 John is about that, really. This is one of my favorite books in the whole Bible. It's, it's quite simple. 1 John chapter 2, verse 7. That's the one I'm thinking about. This is uh, John. Brothers, I am writing no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. But that's that's talking about uh, that's not talking about the Mosaic commandments, which people will say it is. This is talking about people like actual Christians who are alive. What they heard from the beginning of their Christian life. Uh, the old commandment is the word which you have heard from the beginning. Yet a, a new commandment I am writing to you, which holds 
true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining right so whoever says he is in the light but hates his brother is in the darkness even till now whoever loves his brother lives in the light for there's no cause for stumbling but whoever hates his brother is in darkness walks in darkness because the dark see here's the darkness has blinded his eyes so there's a lot of stuff about light and darkness and stuff like that in this and, and also the the gospel of john has a lot of that similar language yeah, I think this would become more clearer once we actually read the previous text because it was talking about God. Yeah, you can look light. at that. So I don't yeah. think you're going to really fully grasp what that means until we go through this. All right, this is a good one. Read, let's just read this chapter. Do you want? To, all right, this is then the message we have, which we have heard from him and declare to you: God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Uh, if we say that we have fellowship with Him, yet walk in darkness, we lie, and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar, and His word is not in us. You know, just real quick, you know who said He doesn't sin? Is Donald yeah, Trump. Trump? I know. Did you see that interview? Yeah. It was so, a while ago, but he actually said he doesn't he sin, which is like totally not Christian. He was pretending to be a Christian, but he said something so non-Christian. The biggest deceiver of all. Time. And the Christians didn't even notice it. Like they don't even know the Bible, right? Because so they didn't realize they want idolatry to worship him to save them. That's mm. all it is. It's like he could do a idolatry yeah. wrong, but yeah. yet they will overlook that. People followed him and got caught in a snare on January 6th because of him, what he did. He called everybody out there to meet him in the Capitol. And, two, you know, 200,000 plus people went up there because he told everybody to be there. And then he snared them and got them caught in the trap. Are you talking about January 6th? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it was like a tour. It was like they took a little tour of the Capitol building. No, no, but I'm saying even before that, <laughs> he called everybody. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm up to Washington, D.C. Yeah, and so, yeah. Like, they all yeah. thought they were getting ready to do something for him. Yeah. And yeah. all he had to say was, yeah, I'll meet you there. And he never even bothered to go there. He went in his car and went the other way. And yeah, like, yeah, what a, what a, uh, yeah. Mine would have known that was a trap yeah. all the way through. Yeah. yeah. But that wasn't even the first trap. The first few traps were already sprung with the, he funded all the, the COVID stuff, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Billions Operation Warp Speed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that gave, that gave the power for everybody to go nuts and do execute the plan. Which and, and Alex Jones was, you know, his his fear mongering insanity was yeah. you know, he was promoting Trump the whole time as a savior. I mean, yeah, no dollars. politician, no politician is going to be our savior. Yeah. Ever. And, and what he called himself to this day, he was still calling himself father of the shots. The jab. Yeah. 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 And now even even uh, RFK junior is the new savior now for the these uh, yeah, people so those, like, no, those people, no he's not your savior yeah. either man come on 
None of them will be. So when no. they're not in the light, you know, they're they're still in their darkness. And the darkness, he's like the Pied Piper of leading all those others that are in the dark to follow this. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's they're only going badly. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, what can we do? Like, well, like, you know, like both you and I, like we make these videos and stuff, right? And it's like, we want to wake people up. It's like, well... They're blinded, man. They're blind. They yeah. can't see the truth. They have no interest. They don't. They can't. They can't wake well, up. We were walking dead. They are walking <laughs> dead. But you know what? It's uh, God always commanded people, the believers, to pray. Which that in itself is a chore to even ask that. Believe it or not. Like at the time when we were in the height of all this lunacy, I wanted to join as many prayer groups as I could. To you know, like the Book of Joel. Is it the Joel? Where they, it tells all the people, the elders to come together, together, pray, and he mm. will take the enemies away or whatever. Mm. So really, if anything was happening that the people, you know, like tyranny and the government over being overtaken, the jabs, everything since 2020 and before even, but especially since then, and including the war talk with World War Three that's going on right now. <laughs> All that means is the body of believers to gather together and pray. That's it. All of this could change. But is that happening? But the, but the churches are saying, oh, we have to pray for Israel. Yeah. Well, they believe in, they believe Israel's being attacked, and that's a sign of the end times. Yeah. Well, they're deceiving. It's another <laughs> false stuff. So that that's the thing. I mean, I think the true gathering of true believers, the remnant that's Anywhere in the world, if we all came together and prayed, things can change. Anything could change by that alone. Without having to go to war, without having to join any organizations to go against something. Well, these are all part of the, I think, like we just read in 2 Thessalonians 2, the false signs and wonders, right? That's the, war the World War Three narrative. They could fake a World War Three, actually. Yeah, I sent you two links um, to this pastor that was talking a lot about World War Three and how he had visions uh, about Ukraine and but he he's supporting Ukraine and but he's saying that Russia is going to be nuking <laughs> United States with seven nukes like major oh, wow. like New he York. had a dream he had dreams so well no I I would say the narrative could happen and they they do I think it seems like they do have these laser weapons right. Like that, whatever happened in Hawaii and Paradise, California, something actually happened there, right? Yeah, but that um, was a deliberate act. That was terrorism. Yeah. So, but they have the they have a technology to utterly they wipe do out a do city. That, but it's how they think think about their narrative is what's bothering me. Yeah. See, I don't think nukes exist at all. I don't believe in nuclear weapons exist. But these laser things seem to exist, and they could just laser a, a city and say, "Oh, look, Russia nuked us." But it was they really could, the lasers. But that, that could it. also be false uh, narrative, right? It, it, no, I'm saying it is a false narrative. The, the, yeah. You know, it's the you know, it's a false flag. The, they'll the government will laser the city themselves and blame it on some other thing and some other technology as well. Making it sound like this is all God's given uh, fight for what's going on in Israel now. It's not. It's people doing that. Satan is the, doing it. The nuclear weapon story is kind of like the alien narrative, right? It's like it hasn't really been fully uh, played out yet. It's always this fear in the background. Oh, the aliens are coming or the nuclear weapons are coming, but they haven't but really come. 
God but is maybe they will, they'll do it. Didn't he say he was going to take judgment on, in one hour, she shall be destroyed. Remember that? Uh, the city, Babylon, Mystery Babylon, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the only time did God mention a destruction of a city like that? He didn't, like, the way that everybody's envisioning it, like they're saying the West Coast and, you know, somewhere in D.C. And then New York City is always a favorite to get destroyed and nuked, whatever. They got waves of water. They have nukes. They have anything you can imagine destroying New York City. And about a ton of movies doing the same. But that's, those are, you know, if it was important enough to destroy all these cities and nations like that, I think it would have showed up in the Bible. And it, it's not there. And then the other thing that God made a point, Abraham, that was talking to God saying, if there's one righteous person in that city, will you destroy it? And God said, no, like um, yeah. 50, 110 down to whoever. Yeah. So there's no way he's going to destroy cities like that before judgment time, before the wrath of God, and just get rid of cities when they're basically saying that there would be no righteous people whatsoever in those cities, which is not true. The wheat and the tare live together. But there's tribulation, though. Tribulation yeah, could sure. be uh, the enemy, you know, destroying cities. Uh, Babylon did invade the Israelites, right? There probably was one or a few righteous Israelites. There, Daniel, Daniel was a righteous Israelite, but he was taken captive in Babylon. But he was. You know, sometimes there, there, sometimes there's a judgment. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was protected. He was. No, wasn't but killed. the tribulation is different than taking judgment to destroy cities like Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, like what happened in Maui and Mexico, Acapulco, or whatever, and other places. Those are man-made destruction which has no mercy for uh, wheat and yeah, but, but couldn't they do that to a major city as well, what sure. they did in Hawaii? They could do it anywhere around the world. and Anytime. anytime. They probably will. You know, they need something bigger and better than 9-11. Well, that's been happening. 9-11 got overwritten by Maui. Maui got overwritten by Acapulco. Ma but Maui was didn't have a shock effect like 9-11, though. Because people were apathy. It's the people apathy. The more people died in... Maui but but they didn't broadcast it. They didn't have the mass media fear machine going on. That, you know what I mean? But the thing is, the conscious of people already knows the truth before mass media has to tell them. So when the towers come down with just enough information, like they could figure this out, and many did early on, you know, but the narrative sold people. It's like, yeah, 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 it's terrorism. But then when Maui happened, yeah. you know, fires don't start like that. Everybody there was no narrative. Yeah, yeah. There was no narrative. There was no like fear mongering, really. But I'm saying they need something. They need to do like a 9-11 where they pushing a narrative, right? And fear and terror well, and shock, I mean, well, shock and awe. Russia, right? Yeah, so, so I'm saying... Yeah. Look at, remember that movie, the alien movie with Will Smith, where they blew yeah. up the White House? Yeah. If I were them, if I were them, what I would do, well, I can't even say this. They're going to use it against me somehow, but maybe, <laughs> well, there's a movie. Maybe it'll play out like that movie where the aliens blew up the White House. You know, someone like, there's many movies okay. about the White House <laughs> getting destroyed. That would shock <laughs> people. That was, That's a symbol. That, that's a symbol of America. But when you say destroy shock, the White well, House. it really means. How, like, entertained are they as spectators? Nobody does anything to fix the sin or the problem. They just watch and spectate like they watch it on TV. We watch everything that we know so far. 
it's all been online or on, you know, through television. So it's just like, oh, if they're like a little bit hardened by some of these things, maybe the next one will jolt them. But what then? They're not going to do anything. Nothing's going to change because it's just going to become more lawless, more wicked towards the very end where even I was going to show you the Ten Commandments, almost all of the commandments uh, Satan has already worked on where people have disregarded them. The only ones left is really the last one to become legal is murder, killing of humans. So that might happen someday. That might be. Well, certain people, yeah, you got to kill the uh, the enemy, the the. You got to kill the people who are a threat to public health. Yeah, they didn't take the magic potion, right? And then people will go along with that narrative. They will. Oh, totally. totally. They can't wait. Where, they can't wait to do that. Yeah, I know. They're ready. They're ready. They can't wait. And the World Health Organization will control the world starting next year. So they well, will be. People are ready. Those that's laws are going to change soon. Yeah. Before twenty thirty. But see, that's just. The way I see the leaders doing everything, that's just like the execution of desires of what people have in their hearts already. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. And ultimately, God is kind of like, you know, God knows what's going on, right? And he yeah. kind of allows the wicked, like to Thessalonians too, the restrainer. And there's, yeah, I know there's a million ideas of what that is, but the restrainer is taken out of the way and then evil comes in and there's there's no yeah. no stopping the evil you know right so right now there is that restrainer which i'm great uh, barely <laughs> i don't yeah, think barely, so i think the restrainer has been taken so out of the way fear. yeah it'll no, there's, i think it's been taken out of the way already and the, no, there's maybe. a little bit of calm before the storm right now they're they're getting ready for the next attack that's what it well, is they, that's for sure they're getting ready for full you know um, you know mer ton of killing but yeah. well, I don't think the restrainer is out of the way yet because the evil that, that I can envision, oh, my God, it's even more than what anybody can imagine. No, you know? but it, it's still, you know, because Satan and the people have to operate in this yeah. world. They have to physically get ready and prepare for their next okay. operation. Yeah, they're prepared. You know what I mean? So they I just think, need and, a little and if bit prepared, more time. Huh? If they're allowed to prepare, if they're allowed to prepare, that means no one's preventing them from doing this preparation either. Nobody is, but God is also preparing the believers to strengthen all of us to get through this time. Okay, whatever we get through and whatever we got to deal with, it's nothing like it was 200 years ago or 1,000 years ago. All the, the trials and tribulations for them was completely different than it is for us. And we're going to be prepared to handle it in our time. I'm not even worried about it. It's just. I just hate all the lying that goes on every single day from both sides, all of them, you know, believers, non-believers, the churches. But that's the, that's the, that's the age we live in where it's yeah. the weed and the tares. Right. And these people are like, we just read today a bunch of times they're blinded. Yeah. Uh, they're blinded and that's just the way it is. And yeah, we, you know, we can do our part and try to try I to spread the message, try to help people. And, and we, we can help a few people. We can help some people actually wake up. We can help some people wake up, not everybody. Well, whoever God wants to, because he wants to reach out to everybody. And, um, you know, I think everybody has a gift to provide their testimony. I'm just doing it this way. So are you. So this is, you know, however it's going to be used to test be a testimony for others. That's fine. And once we're done with the series, 
I think my testimony will be complete. There's nothing I can do to change anybody. It's only God doing that, right? Mm. Through his word. That's the whole purpose of reading that. It's through his word that people are either going to come to faith or they're going to deny him. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and by and by kind of proclaiming, you know, by bearing witness, we give people, people are faced with that choice. They yeah. have to choose. And either, either way, it's kind of okay. Like if they choose to accept Christ, great, even yeah. better. But if they choose to re reject Christ, go in the tear category. Like it's like for me, it's yeah, like efficient. It's choosing. okay. Okay, yeah. you're a tear. Now we know. Yeah, Done. we just leave each other at their camp. You know, <laughs> fine. Check check off the box. This yeah. guy's been sorted out. You know, which side and, is he on? Now we know. Okay, next. <laughs> yeah, and this, I think this is one podcast they can at least feel safe that the truth is going to be told somewhere or another. They can't ignore just, it. Yeah, despite despite me. Because no. we're, 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 we're reading the Bible, at least. You know, at least they're getting some truth there. Well, that and, is uh, true. But that's even what you say could be the truth. Maybe it's part of the learning well, process. Yeah, Vision. but we're still, you know, we're still human. We might make, make mistake. That's here, okay. You know? But that's given. That, uh, you know, nobody's perfect, right? And but that's Except for Trump. Except for Trump. <laughs> yeah well he's in the snare right now we should pray for him you know his ideas were not wrong it's just he's getting his power yeah. from the enemy and not from god very charismatic very yeah. very uh what presence you know i mean i kind of like uh, the uh i i wish you know yeah i, I adored mean, some of him people, in the beginning i did yeah, so oh, they say god. the right things you know it's it's hard Wouldn't it's, you it's, want it's somebody to, to fight for the people and go again. Yeah, I wanted to believe. Yeah, you know, but but I knew too much. I knew I knew, I like I just know too much. Well, once I we realized he is hurting people, then that was it. Then you know there was no going back. Um, yeah, and uh, and um, you know Christians are kind of gullible and they they want to be nice and friendly and believe that you know there was even this Christian awards Christian music awards yeah. ceremony. The other day, and some woman in my band, she's like, "Oh, this isn't this great? The Christian award ceremony. This is so great." I was like, "No, come on!" But it's like, "Come on, we have to be Christians. Need to be a little bit more skeptical." Oh uh, well, like, yeah. They have no idea how how powerful this deception is oh, going on in the world. Yeah. Christian award ceremony. Come on, you don't need that. That's that's what Christian music is like. MTV now, you know what I mean? Because I'm in that world it's now. Controlled right? by the mainstream industry, then yeah. Because I've you've seen their cover art too, right? Most often, the symbolism of what the non-Christian music uses the same, you know, like the Kabbalah. Uh, Masonic yeah. symbolism. It's also in Christian and Christian music. They put the same, yeah. like the album covers are kind of the yeah. same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's all the same stuff. They're run by the same music company, yeah. like Universal, Sony. They're it's run by the right. same companies. Yeah. So, so even like the performances, the same thing. So the only difference is, you know, if you look at the lyrics, you can often see like the non-Christian music. Some of the lyrics, you can just convert that and. You know, like make it yeah. to God, or you can make it to Satan. Same thing with Christian. Uh -huh. You don't know who they're actually yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to scrutinize the lyrics of the songs we play a little bit more. You know, yeah. Um, but but people, the Christians have no idea how how infiltrated the mainstream religion really is. You know, uh, because everybody still wants to be connected to the world. They want to get accolades. Mm -hmm. They want to get 
their yeah money and fame and all those you know if they're in that pursuit anyway then they want it god allowed us to live in this time do our best and as long as we stay close to him then i think it's like you know what was one of the prayers deliver us from evil that's what we want we want to be delivered from evil and make the right choices but at the same time where the wheat and the tear they don't look all that much different from each other they drive the same cars they wear the same clothes they have the same houses you know there's hardly any difference other than the fact what we're testifying to that i believe in yahweh versus what they come against you know their testimony yeah. all right and, well i gotta get i gotta head out i have to yep all right go to this uh, thing thank you so much uh, <clears throat> all right Thank you. Yeah, it was great. Good episode. And uh, next time is what, 37? Is that right? Yeah, 37 to 40. So we only need to finish up. More chapters. I think we can cover that because there's not a lot of, you know, new complex stuff as far as I remember. No, they finished their tabernacle and then that's it, I think. And then we'll get on to the next book if you're still committed. Are you still committed to the next book? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. we'll see if I can do the twice a week thing. Um, oh yeah. Maybe maybe it's okay for now, but uh, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. have a good day. We can keep doing I'll see you that. next All right. week. All right. Thank Bye. you.